everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chillin' in the State House. I am Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal's State House team. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Tidd, my better half, but you're leaving me next week. Yes, by the time you are listening to this podcast, I shall be somewhere, I think, in the Caribbean, or maybe the Atlantic. I will be on a cruise. So... If anything happens, I won't know about it. What kind of cruise, Jason? A Disney cruise. I think it is Halloween-themed. Are you a Hall- Mouseketeer? I am not. So you're going to sit around and be, be our guest, be our guest, be our guest. Um. Well, well I, I, I don't think Beauty and the Beast is very Halloween-themed. It's got a beast in it. It, it does. And a dungeon. Well, and, and, and it's my daughter's favorite princess, because Belle was very bookish and ambitious, and she wanted to get out of her provincial French town. I like Beauty and the Beast because Belle goes to the Beast's castle and and decides to take her father's place so that her father can leave the dungeon, even though he protests. Well, well Beauty and the Beast was one of the first dates my fiance and I had. Well, and the father-daughter dance at my daughter's wedding reception was to Beauty and the Beast, the theme song. And that was just a month or so ago. Just a month or so ago, and it was the Angela Lansbury version, not that Peebo Bryson whatnot thing at the end of the movie, the real version. We should say for all you who are new to the show that the the voice you hear of the Beauty and the Beast acolyte is John Hanna. I, I st- and someday you all will understand when you have children, but I watched Beauty and the Beast maybe 10,000 times when my daughter was little. Uh, small children uh, like to watch the same thing and read the same, have the same books read to them over and over and over. Um, I will say, just parenthetically, the character that my daughter reminds me the most of, though, is Maddie Ross in True Grit. I'm convinced, confident that she would ride into Oklahoma to defend my, to avenge my murder. So, <laughs> well, when he's not imagining scenes from westerns or watching Beauty and the Beast, John, I love John, John is uh, of the Associated Press. Yes, newsman, newsperson, and uh, Topeka Capital. Um, gentlemen, uh, we, we talked last week about the governor's race. Yes. Talked a lot about the governor's race. Indeed. And one of the issues we brought up kind of came to a head this week and it came in kind of an unexpected way. Jason, what am I talking about? (laughs) Because I never know and I need you to explain (laughs) it to me. (laughs) Yeah. We are going to talk about transgender athletes and, uh, not the, the the Disney intro was not planned uh, after DeSantis and anti-woke Disney efforts in Florida you know, and DeSantis visiting Kansas. That just occurred to me week. that that was a yeah. big, there's a big controversy in Florida, a dispute between Governor DeSantis and Disney over, as you said, wokeness and all that. Well, in Kansas... Uh, transgender athletes are an issue in the governor's race. They might not be much of an issue in schools, but they are in the governor's race. Uh, Kansas Republican lawmakers have tried twice and failed to pass a law 
that would ban transgender girls and women from competing in girls and women's sports. Now, this has been, um, and Governor Laura Kelly has vetoed that effort both times. The legislature has been unable to override that veto. They've come just short uh, in, in both those cases. And, and the lack of an override has been a key issue in legislative primaries. Mm -hmm. uh, we've true. had a handful of not necessarily moderate Republicans, but more moderate than the legislature as a whole, uh, who have lost their primaries. Brad Ralph out in Dodge City. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's, and I think it shows the resonance that this issue can have with voters. Um, well, but, but, and I think the governor perhaps has sensed this for reasons I will get to, I guess, in, yes, a, in a moment. Yes, but I, we should note. We should note that this is not just a Kansas thing. No. This is an issue that Republicans have picked up and pushed legislation on in multiple states. Uh, in fact, today, as we're speaking, uh, how U.S. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy uh, outlined a commitment to America agenda that included this as something they would deal with. So clearly, Republicans see this as a good issue for them. Um, the polling polling I've seen suggests that roughly two-thirds of Americans, in some cases a little higher, don't think transgender women and, and girls ought to be allowed to compete on girls' and women's uh school and college sports teams that at least one of the Kansas bills would have applied to school sponsored club sports as well. And um, so, yes, that issue has been out there. Uh, the Republican Governors Association has cut multiple ads on that issue. And one of them featured a University of Kentucky swimmer, Riley Gaines, uh, criticizing Kelly for her vetoes. And uh, she came to Johnson County to have a news conference with Derek Schmidt. And the reason why Gaines is significant in this is because she was competing in the finals um, in one of the uh, um, 200, I, I think 200 yeah. freestyle, if I'm remembering correctly. And the, the winner of that, of that category was Leah Thomas. Uh, she is a transgender uh, athlete competing for the University of Pennsylvania. And um, that kind of got national attention actually about the same time as Kansas was voting on uh, their bill to, to do this. Well, and there were a couple of transgender gender runners in Connecticut who won, I think, state championships, if I'm remembering correctly. And, and there's a reason there's a reason uh, that these cases come up. Um, and critics would tell you the reason is that these are the only cases across the u.s right. there are very few that there are examples few. in kansas of transgender athletes exactly and, and i don't think any public examples no no, no. now john mentioned the ads from republicans we saw the response yes. uh, in a in a rather unexpected way from governor kelly i mean these ads have been running for a couple months i believe yes and, and what's interesting is how they chose to respond. So in an ad that started airing Wednesday in at least the Wichita TV market, um, the governor it opens with the governor. You know, she says, you may have seen my opponent's attacks. So let me just say it. 
Of course, men should not play girls' sports. Okay, we all agree there. And, and then she pivoted to criticizing Derek Schmidt on other mostly education funding issues. Now, this, you know, it, we could, there, there are many layers to this. I'm sure we'll probably get at some of them. But I think what instantly caught the attention of folks is the language that Kelly is using very closely mirrors the language that Republicans and conservatives have used to message on this. Right, yes. And so that to an average voter a voter who maybe has not been tracking the ins and outs and nuances of all this, it makes it seem like Kelly supports a ban on transgender athletes. Well, well, Andrew, uh, to paraphrase Governor Kelly, I think you're wrong. Well, and, and I mean, that's basically... That's exactly what she said when the question was asked today about whether that was the impression that voters would have. Well, and Republicans have said Kelly flat out lied, which is also not quite true and it's kind of because of the wordplay involved well i mean my fiance is not an avid follower of kansas politics and when i played the ad for her she assumed it meant the governor now supported a ban on transgender athletes in sports uh which when i first watched it i assumed there were a few different ways that Kelly could try to explain it. Uh, it took a few hours for us to get an explanation from her. Well, and and Democrats and LGBTQ rights folks said, no, Democrats will read that as, and this is the Democratic reasoning, of course the issue doesn't involve men and girls sports because trans women are women. Therefore, we're not talking about men. We're talking about trans women. Well, I believe in Kelly's comments to the Kansas City Star editorial board yesterday, she kind of got at that a little bit saying, you know, the language was was men in girl sports. You know, we're not having generally over 18 year olds playing in in Keisha competitions, you know, to to that end. So that's kind of that. That is an important. Well, part. and 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 the explanation we got, there there are multiple ex. There there are, the governor has said different things at different times. Um, in her first veto message, she said this was divisive. This bill was divisive. It would send a devastating message. That was the, devastating was the word she used. That Kansas is not welcoming welcoming to all children and families, and that would hurt efforts to lure businesses and keep businesses and keep young people in Kansas. The second veto message said that, but it also said that this proposal was not brought up by uh, doctors or educators or or the, athletes or families or but, the Kansas but, State High School athletic yeah right activities association but by quote politicians looking to score political points unquote and uh, they said Wednesday that the governor has always been consistent in that she views that doctors families uh, athletes and local officials should make these decisions and. They argue that that's consistent with that part about who didn't bring this uh, in the second veto message. And then before the star editorial board, she said that the NCAA, the N, yeah, the NCAA uh, has 
adequate procedures in place to deal with this at the collegiate level. And she said today that the State High School Activities Association is the one to deal with it at the state level. Well, and she also said, I think, quoting directly today, it would be a big mistake uh, for her campaign to not have responded to uh, what she contends is misleading ads from from the Schmidt campaign saying that that she does want men playing in girls sports. And again, I think we kind of get back to the semantics there. Right. Um, I, Jason, I'm curious, you know, are we are we making too big of an issue out of one ad or is this a sign maybe of a bigger problem for the Kelly campaign that this issue might be resonating with certain voters? Well, as I believe John cited earlier, there is polling that shows that uh, several, uh, a vast majority Two-thirds, of Americans roughly. Uh, would tend to agree with the Republican position on the issue, or at least the Republican rhetoric. Uh, and I, I have not seen polling on Kansas specifically. No. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the campaigns have polling. Uh, Republicans, I, I I don't know if I've seen a single Republican ad since April or May that has not tried to hit Kelly on this issue. Well, and that, that clearly indicates that Republicans think it's a winning issue for them. They would not put that much time and effort to keep mentioning it. I mean, if it wasn't what they, if they didn't think it was a winning issue, it might not come up at all. But uh, in the same way that back in 2003, 2004, 2005, efforts to ban same-sex marriage, that was an issue Republicans brought up because they thought it was a good issue for them. Um, Now, of course, if they suggested that, it probably would not, given where public opinion is, be as good for them. And so clearly Republicans think this is an issue. They keep mentioning it. They keep, I mean, you do not dump tens of thousands of dollars into ads, television ads, on an issue you don't think is going to work. Um, and remember here that the, the, the voters that are really, really at play here are those voters in the middle, swing voters, moderate Republicans, and independents who may lean Republican. Kelly has got to keep those. And Schmidt has got to bring them back to the party after they voted for Kelly in 2018. And so that's where this is. Now, you know, there's a lot of discussion among Democrats as to whether this was a good move. Yeah, well, and I, I, we kind of alluded to this at the beginning of the episode, but this this actually kind of comes on the heel of, a, of another example of this from the Schmidt campaign. They brought in Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida on Sunday who is well known for making issues, uh, you know, the, the teaching of gender and sexuality in Yeah, the school. so-called don't say gay bill, you know, which, he, again, he would dispute that characterization, but that's right. basically how it's known. That's the moniker. Yeah. You know, Parents' Bill of Rights, the, these more, I mean, I think Republicans would kind of disagree that they are social issues, but their particular, I think, strain of issue that is targeted at a very particular kind of voter. And then he followed that up with um, a visit from Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin uh, earlier this week. You know, yeah, I, I think that everyone is kind of uncertain as to whether this was a significant mistake. Is this really going to move the needle much? I 
you know, it's probably well, a little soon to say because we haven't gotten a real chance to hear what voters think uh, of the governor on, on this issue. Well, and but, I mean, Republicans think there's an opening here because they're, I mean, they had a digital, digital web ad up almost immediately and they're, st- they're still talking about it. Uh, Joan Wagner, the for- former Topeka mayor, state party, Democratic Party chair and uh, Department of Revenue chief, uh, said, you know, said, said while she doesn't think this issue plays with moderate Republicans, she would not have have broadcast the ad because she said it got Kelly off message. You are you are now talking about what Derek Schmidt wants to talk about. You should be talking about what you want to talk about. Arguably, that was the argument. And with the way the ad came out, the Kelly campaign did not control the messaging on it. Uh, we had a vacuum of uh, what she meant when she said that, and Republicans quickly filled it. And the RGA ad that you mentioned, I think it came out before Andrew. You even got the statement from the Kelly campaign. I think they might have. I think I probably heard from, but it was this. It, they they moved with warp speed, which I think to John's point really does drive home that they think this they think that this is something they can capitalize on the, the vacuum of messaging was quickly filled by republicans yeah i mean what what is interesting about this is this is another one of those culture war issues like gay marriage and you know if you want to go way back um you can go prohibition that was a culture war issue i mean if you want to go way way back uh you know protestant nervousness over uh the rising number of Catholic immigrants and, you know, also Protestant nervousness over the appearance and growth of the Mormons. Um, and, and I mention this because there's a writer, Stephen Prothero, who writes about religion and society and all that. And his, he wrote a book in 2016 about this. And his argument is that these culture wars in the United States are nothing new. They're not a twenty. They're not a, a 1970s, 1960s invention. That they've been a strain in our politics, you know, even back to colonial times. And his argument is is that first that eventually the inclusionist side. Uh, expanding the definition of who's a true American, that side wins in the end. And his argument, which I thought was an interesting argument, was these culture wars, the battles in the culture wars, don't get started until conservatives are on the downward slide. That That is, until they're on a path to eventually lose. And who knows here, uh, I suppose we could have a whole argument about abortion policy, but you know, of late, we have seen the last couple, last decade, we have seen a growing acceptance of transgender people. We have seen transgender character in popular entertainment. Um, and so there is an element of that out there. I mean, we should say, though, transgender youth are at a much higher risk oh yes of mental health uh, that's not issues, to suggest suicide. that's not to ex- that's not to suggest that society is completely accepting uh or or that there are no if you're transgender that it's easy it's not um 
but the sense is that maybe in 20, 30 years, we might be in a different place regarding these issues and other issues involving transgender people than we are now. So. When, when I was in Wichita uh, before moving to Topeka and covering the state house, the first time the bill came up and was vetoed, there were two uh, storylines in Wichita that I really remember being prominent. First, uh, Wichita had hosted an NCAA tournament round, and uh, you know, moderate Republicans, fiscal conservatives, pro business were uh, pretty accepting of the argument that uh, banning transgender athletes would risk losing an NCAA tournament in Wichita in the future, which would not be good for the local economy. And then second, uh, I remember struggling with do we cover and how do we cover a transgender student's suicide in a school bathroom? So we knew of a case of a transgender student dying by suicide. We did not know of any cases of transgender students competing in sports. Uh, I I think in Kansas, we the High School Athletic Association has said there's maybe five total transgender students. Uh, and those are kids in... The, uh, is that athletes or is that the broader category of an extracurricular? I, I, I think all activities. extracurriculars. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that our education reporter has reported on that more, uh, but we have had two attempts at this law nationwide. I've seen that there have been more of these bills proposed and passed than there are students that it would affect. Well, there are 18 states with some form of a ban on the books. Uh, so, including Florida and Texas. So in in Kansas, there is, we saw Schmidt bring in a University of Kentucky swimmer to make the case for him. Yes. Uh, but in Kansas, we have not seen a public case that makes this well, an and, issue and of, of course, some kind of prominence for voters. Of course, voters. the backers of the bill will say, well, why do we wait until there's a massive problem to to take this action and, in their words, ensure fairness in, in competition. I mean, obviously, um, their, their argument is that to uh, voters and parents, especially parents of girls who compete in sports, this is the word they, the phrase they use is common sense, that if your daughter is good at sports and has been working her whole life in the uh, – the swimmer in the ad talked of this uh, to be able to compete at an elite level. And then somewhere in the middle of her college career, two years in suddenly there's a, a transgender woman competing. Um, you know, does that, does that upend everything? And is that, is, is that fair? You know, the argument being that physically that this athlete has an advantage over, uh, cis women in in sports um you know more male hormones male body structure all of that gives that athlete an advantage that's that's the argument but you are right it's a it's a small number of athletes i think it's a it's a nuanced issue and it doesn't always get a ton of nuance in the political arena um but it will be interesting to see I think this is this is absolutely not the last we've heard of it. Uh, 
in the governor's race, and I think it will be interesting to, to hear from voters as to yeah know, how they to, feel about it. Yeah. Well, and and of course we're in an environment where there's a lot of discussion about social media and how it affects American politics, and even there's some research now about how it rewires your brain because social media platforms are set up to reward to give more attention to things that provoke outrage. So literally, apparently there have been studies where if you show somebody a headline and then they go to face the then they go to Facebook, will you put this on Facebook? Well, no, that's outrageous. It's you know, I don't know that that's true. But if you see it on Facebook first, exactly the same headline, you'll share it. Um, because the whole point of something like Facebook is social interaction. Um, and what they've discovered is that in social interaction, um, that, that part of what helps that is sharing news, uh, which is good for our business. Um, yeah, there, there's somebody who's just written a book about it and I was listening to a, uh, don't hate me another podcast um on that that topic and it was really really interesting about the studies the behavioral studies that are going on around all these issues well we hope when you go on social media you will share our stories uh and you can find those stories at cjonline.com you can like us on facebook or follow us on twitter at cjonline i think that's our instagram handle as well and Jason, where can they find you on Twitter? Well, you can find me at Jason underscore Tid, but don't go looking there this week. <laughs> there, <laughs> might, there might not be many yeah, tweets. I'll, I'll be somewhere around the Bahamas. Uh, that sounds nice. Uh, I will not be. I will be here working. So you can follow me at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L, for all the updates. John, where can they find your work? At APJD Hanna, of course, H-A-N-N-A. And then uh, www.apnews backslash hand movement, like a, a ship slicing through the waves, uh, Kansas with a capital K. And if you want to get caught up in all things chilling in the state house, you can do that. We would love you if you did. Uh, you can go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, we are on all of those platforms. Or you can go to cjonline.com, and we will post new episodes there as we uh, churn them on out. Well, and, and you could even download them and play them while you're sitting on the deck of the cruise ship. Not you, because you participate and know what they say. But if any of, if any of our millions of listeners are... Uh, going on a cruise, that's something they could do. That's true. Or a flight. Or a flight, yeah. Or just cruising or, or around town. Dri or driving through rural Kansas in areas that don't <laughs> have good enough service to make it from town to Well, town. when I go to visit my daughter, I, I, I can listen to the podcast on my phone in my car. Be like John Hanna, folks. Jason. Andrew. John. Andrew. Jason. John. <laughs> This is like the ending of the Walton. <laughs> yeah, you all are too young to get that reference, but the old, the older folks in the in our audience will. I'll go. I'll go start binge watching Google, it. Go Google it and then binge watch it. We thank you all for listening. Thank you, John and Jason, for coming aboard, and we thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week, same time, same place. Have a good one, y'all. <laughs>